evidence and answers. Who is the Antichrist? There are many false ideas as to the identity of this coming world leader. Nearly every president in the last two decades were considered as possible candidates. Could the Antichrist come for America? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Recently, questions regarding the Antichrist were addressed at the 2020 Evidence and Answers End Times Conference. Dr. Andrew Woods goes into great details. Now, here's part two of our first teaching on the Antichrist. Revelation 17, verse 15, that we read a little bit earlier, describing the Antichrist's influence, says the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, nations, multitudes, and tongues. That's a worldwide reach. Those same terms, nations, tongues, peoples, and tribes, that's the same description in Revelation 5, verse 9, of those for whom Christ died. Christ died for the whole world. And so by way of parallel, the Antichrist's reach, as those same terms are used in Revelation 17, verse 15, will reach into the entire world. Notice Daniel 7, verse 23, where it says that the Antichrist's empire will devour, Daniel 7, verse 23, the whole earth. That's a one-world globalist uh, reach. You see the same thing in Revelation 13 and verses 16 and 17. It says he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or forehead so that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. So you'll notice those coupling of opposites there, the great and the small, the rich and the poor, the free and the slave. That's covering every everybody on planet Earth. And during the Antichrist reign, no one will be able to buy or sell unless they first receive a mark swearing their allegiance to the Antichrist. And it's verses like this that show us that the Antichrist will be a globalist. He will be a one-worlder. In fact, what he will try to do is erase the power of individual nations and make them submissive to overarching transnational trans-federal government. Now, again, let's compare that criteria to Donald Trump. Donald Trump, to my mind, is the exact opposite. He is someone that puts nation before world. In fact, one of his great campaign slogans was to make America great again. He didn't say he ran to make the world great again. He said he ran to make America great again. He's the one that wants to build a wall around the United States of America. That's a national mindset, not a globalist mindset. He is the one that took us out of many of the globalist deals that were bad for the United States. He took us out of the Paris Climate Accord by saying what's good for Paris is not necessarily good for Pittsburgh. That's a nationalist type of decision. 
And he is also the one that took us out of the Iran deal. And so sort of a globalist uh, treaty or deal of sorts. And so since the Antichrist will be a globalist and Donald Trump has acted as a nationalist, that's another way of debunking this idea that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. This takes us to number seven. The Antichrist will be a socialist. And maybe that's uh, too light a way of saying it. Perhaps the Antichrist will not be a socialist, but he will be a Marxist. And what that means is he will advocate an economic belief that the government is to control people economically from cradle to grave. People will have no economic freedom, economic liberty, the right to sort of create your own economic destiny through the free market system under the Antichrist's reign. The ownership of private property or the right thereof will be a thing of the past once the Antichrist gains control of the world. And you see that from passages like Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17, which we read earlier, which indicates that no one can buy or no one can sell unless they can receive, unless they receive a mark on their right hand or forehead. In other words, if you don't receive the mark, you can't participate in the global economy. And this is talking about a cradle-to-grave nanny state or governmental control of an individual's life. They can't make economic decisions on their own. The Antichrist will believe in a planned, top-down, government-controlled economy over the entire face of the earth, which sounds a lot more like one-world socialism or one-world Marxism than it does free market capitalism. And again, let's compare that criterion to Donald Trump. Obviously, that doesn't fit Donald Trump, since he has said over and over again in public forums that the United States, at least while he's in charge, will never become a socialist country. This takes us to an eighth characteristic of this coming Antichrist, when the Antichrist arrives one day after the restrainer has been removed, the Antichrist will be numerically identifiable. So this side of the rapture, it's sort of a guessing game as to exactly who the Antichrist is. We can't know because as I, as I shared a little earlier in this presentation, there's a restrainer inhibiting this Antichrist. He can't come to power until the restrainer is removed. But one of these days, the rapture of the church will have taken place. The church's restraining influence will be removed, and the Antichrist will come forward. And once he comes forward, every single human being on planet Earth will know his exact identity because his identity can be calculated. And I believe that's the meaning of Revelation chapter 13 and verse 18. We've already read verses 16 and 17, but what does verse 18 say? In fact, let's start there with verse 17. It says, he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark. Now watch this, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. So in other words, his name will be converted to a number, and everybody in advance will know what that number is. And when his name converts to that number, he will be numerically identifiable. It won't be a mystery who he is. 
will be numerically identifiable to everyone on planet Earth. And the number is given in verse 18. It's a very famous uh, verse. Uh, even people that don't know Christ personally know this verse. It says in verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. Now, what is this referring to? I believe it's referring to an ancient practice called gematria. It's sort of foreign to us in the 21st century, but back in biblical times, it was very common. If you look at ancient alphabets, whether it be Hebrew or Greek, every letter was connected to a number. And so you could literally spell out somebody's name and attach the right number to the right letter and add up the digits and the sum could be determined for every single human being on planet Earth. So every human being, when their name is converted to Hebrew or Greek, using this chart, adding the right number to the right letter, everybody's name could be reduced to a particular number. And I believe that that's what John is speaking of here in Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. When the Antichrist shows up, you'll be able to take his name, you'll be able to convert it into Greek, and all you have to do is attach the right number to the right letter, add up the numbers, and the Antichrist's name will spell out or will add up to the sum 666. Now, there are people today called preterists. Preterist comes from the Latin word meaning past or gone by. A preterist is somebody who basically believes the book of Revelation already transpired. And so preterists believe that you can take the name Nero and you can attach the right numbers to the right letter after you spell it out in Hebrew. And they think that Nero of the past was the beast because his number adds up to 666 using gematria. Now, what you'll notice here is the preterists have to do some cheating to make this work accurately. First of all, what they have to do is they have to use Hebrew. Greek won't work. And that's problematic because John was written to a Greek-speaking audience. And then you'll also see what the preterists have to do. They have to throw in the name Kaiser or Caesar, which is the title of Nero, to get this to work. And that doesn't work either because John is very clear in Revelation 13, verse 18, that it will be the number of his name, not a title, and not in Hebrew. So I believe that this coming one is yet future, and when he shows up following the rapture of the church, you'll be able to take his name, convert it into Greek, attach the right numbers to the right letter, add up the total, and it will be 666. And let me tell you something, Donald Trump's name using this formula does not add up to 666. If it added up to 666 in any way, every website out there that thinks Donald Trump is the Antichrist, and as I mentioned earlier, apparently there's a lot of websites that apparently the progenitors of those websites think this way, 
they would all be using this. Aha, Donald Trump's name adds up to 666. And they would be trying to fudge numbers the way the preterists do to make it look as if, you know, Nero was the Antichrist of the ancient past. And so Trump's name simply does not add up to the sum 666. And that's another reason why we believe he can't be the future Antichrist. This takes us to our ninth uh, characteristic, if you will, of this coming Antichrist. He will be a worker of miracles. Notice, if you will, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and notice verse 9. You'll notice what it says here. It says, that is the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, whose coming is in accord with Satan. Now watch this with all powers and signs and false wonders. The Greek word for power there is dunamis. The Greek word for signs there is simeon. The Greek word for wonders is teros. Now, when you take those same three Greek words, they show up in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ performed powers, dunamis, signs, simeon, wonders, teros, and so when Paul uses the exact same three Greek words in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, he's communicating something, that the Antichrist's miracles will be just as real as those of Jesus Christ himself. Revelation 13, verse 13, talks about he, the false prophet, will perform great signs so that he even makes fire come out of heaven in the presence of men. That's the same kind of miracle that Elijah did in the Old Testament. Revelation 13, verse 14 says, He deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which had been given to him to perform in the presence of the beast. So you notice that both the Antichrist and the coming false prophet will be workers of great miracles and signs and wonders. Now, one of the things they're going to do is they're going to have, particularly the Antichrist, spellbinding rhetoric. Revelation 13, verse 5 of the coming Antichrist says, A mouth was given to him speaking words and blasphemies. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25 says, He will speak out against the Most High. So he will come and he will be performing signs and wonders. And as he's performing signs and wonders, he will have great oratorical or speaking ability. Now, it's interesting that when you study a book by Erwin Lutzer, a well-known evangelical Christian pastor, and the title of his book is called Hitler's Cross, he makes reference to a man that knew Adolf Hitler. And he says this about Adolf Hitler, this man that Erwin Lutzer here is referencing. He says, it was as if another being spoken out of his body. It was not a case of the speaker being carried away by his own words. I felt as though he himself, with astonishment and emotion, I felt that he himself listened, rather, with astonishment and emotion to what broke forth from him. And Lutzer is talking about how Adolf Hitler, when he spoke and swayed the masses, it was, it was as if another was speaking through him. And we believe that that other speaking through Hitler was probably a demon. 
And I would envision the same scenario happening with the Antichrist. Once the restrainer is removed and Satan can do what he wants, he will actually enter the Antichrist, and the Antichrist himself will have great oratorical ability. In fact, it really won't be him speaking. It will be Satan through him. And this stumbles a lot of people because they don't understand exactly how miracles can happen if God is not authoring the miracle. Of course, God is a God of miracles, but as this slide shows you, and I wish we had time to look up all of the verses, but it shows you almost every verse in the Bible I could find where a miracle is occurring and God has nothing to do with it. So there is another source of miracle-working powers in this world, in this universe, called Satan himself. And that's why we as Christians are not to believe people just because they have an ability to perform miracles. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 tells us that we are to test the spirits because many false spirits or false prophets have gone out into the world. And unfortunately, we've raised a generation to believe that if a miracle happens, it must be from God, and they become sitting ducks, if you will, for this coming Antichrist, because the Antichrist will perform great signs and wonders. And let me take you now to my tenth and my final characteristic derived from God's Word of this coming Antichrist— the coming Antichrist will try to usurp. He will be a usurper of Christ's position. One of the things we know about Satan is that Satan has always wanted to be like God. You see that there in Isaiah 14 and verse 14. In fact, that's what the word anti in the word Antichrist means, that prefix. Some would say it means against God, but it's probably better understood as in the place of God. And that's what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to come along and put together a display of miracles that look so much like the things Jesus did 2,000 years ago, that people will worship him in the place of the true Jesus Christ. And we notice in uh, the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2 and verse 4, it says of this coming Antichrist, he exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. And so it's very clear that the Antichrist will come and he will try to usurp the place of Jesus Christ. You notice this chart I have on the screen. I wish we had time to work our way through all of it, but it's got basically 20 parallels uh, between Antichrist and Jesus Christ. Just a couple. In both cases, they both claim to be God. In both cases, they are heralded by a forerunner. The list continues on in the second part of it, and actually, I said 20 similarities between Christ and the Antichrist. Let me correct the record there. It's actually 21. And one of the interesting parallels is the Trinity. You know, we believe in one God, monotheism, but we believe, based on what the Scripture teaches, that that God has expressed himself 
in three separate personages, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that in the end times, you have an unholy trinity. You'll have Satan or the dragon, then you'll have the beast or the, fall, uh, the, beast or the antichrist, and then you'll have also the false prophet. Satan, antichrist, false prophet, unholy trinity, just like there is an authentic trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What is Satan doing? He is imitating God's program. He's imitating who God is. You know, it's interesting. You, you don't see any counterfeit $3 bills. Why is that? Because there's no such thing as a $3 bill. But you do see counterfeit $5 bills, $10 bills, $100 bills, because there is such thing as a $5 bill, $10 bill, $100 bill. Satan counterfeits what is real. And in the process, what he's doing is trying through the Antichrist to fulfill his ultimate ambition of being like God. Well, I hope you found this uh, educational as sort of we wrap up our thoughts. Who is this coming Antichrist? We have at least 10 characteristics of him developed from different places of the scripture. He will be a person. He will be a Gentile. He will be a European. He will be lawless. He will be a persecutor of God's people. He will be a globalist. He will be a socialist. He will be one who is numerically identifiable once he arrives. He will be a miracle worker, and he will be a usurper of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just conclude very rapidly here with some good news, because no doubt some of this may have depressed you. He, according to Revelation 13, verse 5, is only going to reign for 42 months. It says there, there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. So he gets his day in the sun, and yet at the same time, his day in the sun will be eclipsed by the kingdom of Jesus Christ, which will last first for a thousand years and then forever. And we also know that this coming Antichrist will be defeated. Revelation 19, verse 20, as we shared earlier, describes him when Jesus returns, taking him and throwing him into the lake of fire. So yes, as Christians, let's study this coming Antichrist, but let's not be overwhelmed by it. His day will come, but it is only allowed to be exercised under the sovereignty of God. And in the process, let's not forget Titus 2, verse 13 which says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The fact of the matter, folks, is I am not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ, because the Bible tells us that Jesus will return for his church before the Antichrist is even unveiled. And so let's be focused on him and living for him. Thank you for listening. Let me close in prayer. Father, I thank you for this teaching that you've given us from your word on the subject of the Antichrist. Help us to be biblically accurate. Help us to not fall into sort of uh, specious schemes where we're trying to pin the tail on the Antichrist when the biblical data doesn't fit. And help us to be aware of the coming Antichrist, but at the same time, Help us also to be biblically balanced. And if anybody is watching that does not know you personally, 
I just pray that right now they would trust in you and you alone for salvation, faith alone in Christ alone, and consequently they come under the authority of you, the authority of your son, Jesus Christ, and they need not fear this coming Antichrist. I just ask that anybody listening that has never done that would do that now, even as I'm speaking. Thank you for this great work. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and the glory. We lift these things up in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Well, thanks a lot, Andy. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483 483- 0586 or you may contact them through the evidence and answers website that's evidenceandanswers.org to keep broadcasts like pats on the air we rely on generous support from you our listeners for the opportunity to donate head on over to our website once again that's evidenceandanswers.org and you may do so right there online on the home page you'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you everything from atheism to zen buddhism including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran.